What's up, everyone? I'm Corey Siegfried, and this is my interview series, The Turn. Welcome to a different side of golf. Our first season will include nine episodes with one released every nine days. In these episodes, we'll approach what each individual does both on and off the golf course with a business perspective in mind. A little about me. I've had the opportunity to travel across the country playing competitive golf for most of my life. I played on the varsity team at the University of Virginia, have an MBA from Villanova University, and have been working at technology startups and business development and sales for the previous few years. Through the foundations of golf and business, I've met tremendous people, enterprise business leaders, professional athletes, PGA Tour players, and others who have become my close friends. And I've had insightful conversations with many of them about what they've learned from running their businesses or approaching the craft in cerebral ways. And I believe those conversations are worth sharing. This is my attempt at doing that, and I'm excited to share those experiences with you. First up is Denny McCarthy, a PGA Tour professional and the number one ranked putter on tour for the past two seasons, including this current one. Denny and I were teammates at UVA during his first year, where he entered as one of the most sought-after recruits in the country among the likes of Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, and was subsequently named ACC Freshman of the Year and an eventual two-time All-American. He has won the Junior PGA Championship, the Maryland Amateur twice, the Maryland Open three times, and has represented the United States at the Junior Ryder Cup, the World Amateur Team Championship, and the Walker Cup, and has competed in seven U.S. Amateurs and qualified for two U.S. Opens. Before turning pro, Denny was ranked as one of the top 50 amateurs in the world. He is currently ranked 72nd in the FedEx Cup standings and has notched a few top 10 finishes this season. We spoke two weeks ago while he was in Ohio at Mirfield, in between the Workday Charity Open and the Memorial. Most recently, he's been mentioned in headlines as one of the first tour players to test positive for COVID-19. We touch on that briefly, talk about his transition to PGA Tour life, how he surrounded himself with the right team to help cultivate his personal brand, and how golf has helped him create opportunities for others. Denny also shares an incredible story about his first round with Tiger Woods at their home club in Florida right in the beginning of quarantine. We jump right into the conversation from the get-go, so let's get started. I hope you enjoy this as much as we did. How are you feeling? Obviously, like, you're feeling fine, you said, when we were talking before, right? Like, no sickness, yeah. nothing, everything's been... No, I, I mean, I feel totally fine. Um, you know, I did experience a few symptoms early on where woke up in the middle of the night and body was achy, sore, weak, bad headache, fever, chills for a day, day and a half, but... That was a day and that was three weeks ago now. And, um, I lost the, my taste a few days in there, which was kind of weird eating things and not being able to taste or smell it at all. Um, but I've been totally fine the last two weeks. Do you know what your last tweet was? I'm not much of a Twitter guy, but yeah, it was probably like after first round of the travelers, right. Or after the practice round or something. And I, I tweeted, you know, hopefully more of this. And then like, obviously like yeah, right after, after my, whoa, 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 whoa. you almost <laughs> aced the, the 15th hole that part four in the, in, the, in the practice round. Yeah. Yeah. And I literally, I laughed so hard when I looked at that, it was like, hopefully more of this to come the next few days. And like that aged so well, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, obviously, uh, I actually played a really nice round on Thursday. I shot like a, I shot bogey free three under could have been probably five or six. I was never really in threat of making a bogey. So 
I was feeling pretty good about my game um, and looking forward to a good week. And I, I love that course. And obviously my, my golfing came to a pretty abrupt halt. Funny how you can just be like, I must be a whole one on a par four. I just shot a bogey figure out. I'm just going to be off and running. And, and obviously uh, a wrench got thrown in my plans. Hopefully, uh, hopefully things will all get back to normal. Not, not just with me, but just everything going on right now. It's, it's obviously a tough world we're living in, but you know, we got to deal with it. What were you up to during quarantine? Like I know courses in Florida weren't closed and you play a medalist, which has some high profile members. Quarantine was pretty, pretty lit. (laughs) (laughs) I was fortunate that medalist was open, uh, for a long time we were getting, you know, I, I got into a nice routine where I was working out in the mornings, going out there and playing games in the afternoon. Uh, I know you're curious about this one story that I have. I was just going up there. I was pretty low energy. I was just going up there to putt for a little and maybe practice. My body was kind of tired, felt a little sluggish. And then, uh, Justin Thomas and Ricky showed up and they hadn't played in like three weeks. They just got out there and they, they were talking about maybe going to play some. And I was like, yeah, if you guys are going to go play some, I'm like, I'll, I'll go play some holes with you. So we go over to the range, start hitting some balls. And all of a sudden tiger shows up, takes his bag off his cart and comes down to the range and just like plops down, like right next to me. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm like, I, I guess they had lined something up the day before. So like, you know, when I said, I'll play a few holes with you guys, if, if you guys are going to play you know, they were just like, yeah, you know, sure. Like, I don't know if they had to like ask tiger or what, but I ended up, so we're hitting balls on the range and, you know, JT and Ricky are like, they're leaving. They're like, all right, like, like, all right, we're going to go play. I walked by tiger and I was like, Hey tiger, Denny, I met you like four years ago at a Nike dinner at your restaurant. I probably don't remember. He was like, yeah, what's up, man? Like, how you doing? You coming to play? He's like, yeah, I'll be over there in a minute. And I was like, so all of a sudden I'm like pretty tired, pretty lethargic, just going up there to practice, not even play for the day. And all of a sudden I get thrown in a group with JT, Ricky and Tiger. And I'm like, I'm starting to get, (laughs) I'm like carrying my bag back to my cart to like head over to the first tee. And like, I'm starting to get pretty nervous. Like all of a sudden, like my energy, like jumps through the roof. My, I've got adrenaline going, like my hands are kind of sweaty. Like I've never played with Tiger before. Barely said five words to him in my life. We played super fast. Like I was really nervous on one and two scrambled for par on both of them. Three is a par five. I made birdie four is a par three, 200 yards. I had a seven iron to 30 feet, made it for birdie. Next hole, I stuffed a wedge, made birdie. Part of the next hole, birdied seven, it's a par five. And then nine, I drove it way down there, pitching wedge to two feet. And like all of a sudden, I'm like going back. I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm like, man, I shot, I shot five under on that. So that was pretty, pretty lit. And like, we're just, nobody, they probably kind of realized, but not really. Like we played in like an hour, hour 15 on the front and like, just going oh through it really like everyone's kind of like you know hitting their shot and driving up near the green so like nobody's like we're not playing a game or anything we're just kind of playing a relaxed 18 holes but i'm like now i'm starting to think i'm like man i played really well on that side Ten's a hard hole tiger tee there's you know there's there's like the back tees and then there's like half the holes that have like tiger tees which are like you know monster the extra tee box that are monster holes and tens one of those holes where like I kind of like, once I started to think about it, I got a little nervy and hit a nervy tee shot. I was on like a sand path, hit a six iron from 195 to 30 feet, drained it for birdie. Next hole, 
<laughs> Next hole is like a short par four driver, a little flip wedge to like six feet, made it for birdie. And like, I'm like, man, I'm seven under through 11 now. Like, I'm like sneaky getting into course record territory. I wasn't hitting it that great, but I was just like getting it on the green and making the putt, basically my golf game. <laughs> and I made, I made a bogey in there, but then I made a couple more birdies coming in. And I ended up shooting like eight or nine under that day, like a chill, relaxed round, like two hours, two fifteen. We played so fast. It was just like, I like subconsciously just like knowing that I played with tiger, you know, I was about to go play yeah, with tiger. And like it, it, out. Literally, it literally felt like a, like a final round of a major, even though like, we're talking, shooting the shit and laughing in between. Like when I got to my shots, I was like locked in because like I wanted to play well in front of Tiger, obviously. And like the fact that I just like went out and shot like a casual eight under that day was, was pretty sweet. <laughs> that is unbelievable. <laughs> I know. So that's, a, that's my, uh, that's my first round with Tiger Woods. Hopefully, hopefully when I get paired with him in a tournament, that'll, that'll calm me down and make it a little easier when I, when I do actually play with him. Yeah, that's a great point. Maybe he'll remember you now this time. Yeah, I think um, he should have a, a good idea of who I am now. Where are you now? I am in Dublin, Ohio uh, for the memorial this week. First time. Played the course last week for the first time in the Workday charity event. Coming fresh off a couple weeks off. Unfortunately, not by choice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> saw the course last week for the first time. And had my first uh, famous Buckeye milkshake from the Muirfield Village Clubhouse yesterday. And it's probably one of the best milkshakes I've ever had. So good I had to get two today. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big sucker for, for sweets. So once I had a, a little taste of this milkshake yesterday, it's game over. Uh, I'm excited for, for this week. They're going to speed the greens up a little bit, get them a little firmer, faster. Um, yeah. Rough's going to be up and I'm excited for the challenge. I didn't know this was your first time there. Uh, I figured when you had won the Corn Ferry finals two years ago, you weren't exempt into the uh, this one, really? No, it's it's based off uh, FedEx Cup, so top 70. It's a, it's a tough invitational term to get, uh, get into, so you basically need to make it to the second playoff event, top 70 on previous year's FedEx Cup, and then my, my status is top 70. I'm currently top 70 on this year's FedEx Cup, which gets you into the tournament, so... Um, I had a nice fall. Haven't done much this year, but I like where my game's trending. My good play in the fall has essentially gotten me into uh, this event. And I've heard a lot of good things about it, and I've, I've seen why a lot of people really like this place. What has the transition from the fall to the, I guess, the spring or summer been like? I, th- I think I had such a good fall. You know, the, the season ended. You know, where I was playing some good golf at the end of the season and we don't get much of a break. So, you know, two weeks later, I'm starting a new season, which, um, you know, is, was kind of refreshing. Just, you know, I had a couple weeks off and then, you know, it's time to get back to work and, you know, I was playing some good golf combined with some rest and knowledge yeah. of the courses that I was playing in the fall. So, you know, you add all those factors up and I was really comfortable. I was confident. My game was good. I know the courses and, I put together some, some nice events with a couple of decent chances to win on the weekend. And then whenever you have a long layoff, like, you know, a month, month and a half, like I did and go out to the West coast, it's just a little, it's a little diff, more difficult to adjust. The The courses are, are, are pretty tough. Um, the ball doesn't quite go as far when those cool mornings like Torrey Pines, Palm Springs, you know, you use a tournament or two to maybe shake some rust off, you know, 
have maybe have a decent chance to, you know, have a good event while shaking that rust off. And you know, I was still making my cuts when I, you know, started the season, but just wasn't, I was fighting to make the cuts and just didn't have my A game, you know, probably had B or C game to stick around and give myself a chance at a couple of decent events. But I, I like where my game's headed. It's uh, obviously um, my putting is a strength of my game and, you know, that's always yeah. a great equalizer. So even when things aren't going well, um, you know, my putter can make up for a lot, which is a nice tool to have in my bag. And after another couple weeks stretch off, you know, I, I feel like my game's going to trend in, in a really good direction here going forward. You sound like you're in a PJ tour interview. No, nah, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, I'll, 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 I'll loosen up a little yeah, bit. Maybe I'll throw a few F-bombs that you can edit out. <laughs> yeah, by the way, this is Denny McCarthy. I'm Corey Siegfried, and this is The Turn. Denny and I go way back before you were even at UVA. So we were teammates at UVA one year of overlap. You were a freshman. I was a senior. But the first, first time I met you. First year, in, first year and fourth year. First year and fourth year. Come Sorry. On, excuse me. Don't. <laughs> we, um, we met. Well, first on your official visit, I think, when you came to the golf house in my second year. And then and then the next time I think we hung out was sleeping in our cars at Beth Page Black with Kyle Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. That was so sweet. It was like July 4th. It was I guess it was like 10 years ago, almost like or maybe eleven today. Yeah, which is crazy to even think about. It's bonkers how long ago that was. And it, it was you, me. Was it your brother? Was My Kyle brother was there, Kyle Stow, and then a couple other kids that are members at my club in Maryland, Argyle Country Club, Ryan Moran, Philip Alesta, Justin Nogue. We had, we had two foursomes that morning. And yeah, yeah, we were the first two tee times, 4th of July morning, like 6.50 or like 6.40, 6.50 or like. That was whatever. so much fun. I still that remember fun. that round. That was like one of the coolest golf courses I've ever played, mostly because it was like like the whole aura of it. Like it felt so big. I know. So big. It just felt like it was like a big, huge like park. There was just like so much land out there that we were like, and we were walking. And I yeah. remember I distinctly remember hitting it. Like the rough was like it was playing like a like a major championship that day. I remember like the the rough was like so thick and like soaking wet from the dew in the morning. And like I did I remember I like played a decent round, but I like was like we didn't really like warm up that morning. We just like went woke up at yeah, like six thirty and went like, to the tea and like walking, carrying our bags. I'm like walking in this dew soaked, like thick rough all morning and like trudging <laughs> along. It was yeah, so was difficult. So funny. But I like distinctly remember too, we were sitting in my car the night before. <laughs> uh I'm like, what are you gonna do for school uh, soon, dude? You're like, I don't know. I'm in between Wake and UVA. And I was like well, what was, how was your official visit at Wake? You were like, it wasn't as fun. I'm like, don't go there. They're a bunch of nerds. And then here we are. So like, I always thought, and then like commit a week later. I was like, I had something to do with that. Like, I totally did. <laughs> it definitely wasn't as much fun. I don't think, I don't know if I had any fun on my official visit at Wake. And we had, I had a lot of fun in my official visit at UVA. Probably too much fun. <laughs> right. And we played our year at UVA. You lived in the golf house, which we passed down from me, Ben Coles, Bruce Woodall, who were my my year, uh, my teammates, passed down to you guys. And then you lived there, had a great career, obviously, and then finished. You had like a rapid ascent 
to pro-life, what do you think? What Obviously, we have a we had such a regimented schedule at UVA. What was like a huge transition point of that to being pro? Because I I'd like I didn't think it'd be much because like all we did was travel. We had to like everything was so booked solid for like a month out. I'm like, well, it can't be that difficult. But is it? It is when you when you start off just just because you know in college yes you know we had we we practiced a lot we had you know scheduled workouts class and then scheduled practice whether it was you know two to five two to six whatever it was um, and you know our the uh, the main difference is you know you might play a college event or two in a row and then you take a couple weeks off and then you go play for three days like if you're on a tour, you know, whether it be, doesn't matter if Canada, Latin, my first year I was on the web.com tour, you know, you could potentially be living out of your suitcase for five or six straight weeks. You're constantly on the road and you're playing four round tournaments as opposed to three. I mean, it's, it's a big difference, you know, when you play a a four round tournament as opposed to a three round tournament, in, in my opinion. And I think just getting comfortable, you know, going out with guys to dinner, um, getting comfortable in a routine that, that works for you. It took, it took a little while for me to find a, a routine that, that kind of worked for me. Um, you know, like I, I played well my first year on the web, but I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had like a good routine. And then, you know, the next year I felt like I developed a little more of a routine, but didn't really play that well and finished up in a similar spot as I did to the first year. And then ended up getting my card in the, in the playoffs, um, after yeah. my my second year on the web. And the, the biggest thing is just finding a schedule that works for you, managing your time. I'm not, I'm somebody that does I, like, yes, I like to practice and work on things where they need to be worked, but I, I like to go. I think I get a bigger advantage of playing the golf course, hitting shots on the course, um, understanding, you know, where you can hit it, where you can hit it, stuff like that. And I think more so learning, you know, playing golf as a, as opposed to standing on the range playing golf swing is something that I've always done. And it's something that I still do. I, you know, there's times where, you know, you can be a little technical and mechanical and you work on things on the range, but once you get on the course, it's more so you, you got to be more focused on learning the courses, you know, learning, just learning how to hit shots, learning how to just play golf and score, score the ball. So yeah. that's something that I've always done well. And I've, I've carried it, with me into the professional ranks and you know i'm just i'm just someone that likes to try and get better and you know i think i'm doing that (laughs) yeah i think it's interesting because when you talk about your putting before of like i just look at a spot and pull the trigger like people think it's probably so mechanical but you've always been like that of just like athletic you played basketball in high school too which i know but you know pull up aim fire and like it's as simple as that right just doing it i wish i could say that I, i do kind of you know I've always had good hand eye. Like I love, I love ping pong. I love basketball, like things that require, you know, precise hand eye. And I have a, I feel like my, my brain just, it, it, I process things really fast, but I do them quickly. That makes sense. Like when I, when I'm actually putting, like I visualize, I pick a couple spots, you know, if I, if a putt's breaking, you know, five feet from 20 feet, and I'm like picking a couple spots. I'm like, boom, those are my two. That's my spot or two that I've picked. I line my ball up and I vision and I see it and I go and I've, you know, taken into account the speed of the greens, whether, you know, it's an uphill or downhill. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, I, I'm like looking for things that 
like stand out, whether it's a ball mark or a, a spot of Poe. And, you know, I'm like, I'm taking into account and I see the spot, whether, you know, I'm going to line my ball up just, just left of this spot or just right of this spot, get up over it and maybe adjust it slightly if I have to, once I get up over it. Okay. Boom. That's my spot. I see it. I'm putting it right around that spot and that's going to give it a really good chance. And that's just something I've, I've, I've always been good at. I, I don't know. It can be taught, obviously, like people do aim point to like, you know, read greens yeah. and see break, but it's just something that I've always kind of seen naturally, which obviously is a big part of, of putting and it's a big part of my game, you know, so I use a greens book. Actually, I have one right here next to me. So yeah, I don't know if you like can cheating. see this. It's pretty detailed, like the the slope on it i've never like, seen that color red on a like pit, like that red it gets into like five percent like the light blue is like two percent the orange is like three percent yeah i use i use the green books i use it a lot for like second shots like looking into you know looking just reassurance of like where the pin is um you know where Everybody basically where it. i'm trying to hit this shot so a confirmation of what the green does. And then once I get up on the green, you know, I'll read my putt. Okay. This is what I see. I'll look at the book and like oh, the book confirms exactly what I see. So like, then that like makes it easy for me to go up and hit the putt. Sometimes it might be like, okay, I'm, I'm under reading this eight footer, just a touch. The book's yeah. showing a little more slope. I'm either just gonna, I'm going to keep my same line and hit, hit it with maybe just a touch more speed on this uphill eight footer, or I'm going to add just a touch of break and maybe play the, like a little softer line or something. And I kind of ran into a little trouble with it. Like sometimes I would be trusting the book too much. I, I usually trust myself more than like looking at the book. Like if I, if what I see doesn't exactly quite match up, like I'll, I would just go with my gut instinct. So that's back to the point of just hand out coordination and feeling it. Right. Exactly. What I'm curious about, kind of describe what it's like managing who you are and making yourself either marketable or maximizing your earning power and potential. Like, how you know, how do you surround yourself with the right people to do that? And how do you manage yeah. it yourself? Yeah, obviously, if, if it were just me doing all this, then my career would probably go downhill pretty quickly. But fortunately for me, I have a very, very good team behind me. Uh, great support system. Um, yeah, first of all, like... He, went through the agent process, which kind of started towards the end of, you know, my career at UVA into that summer after I graduated, um, it was kind of tough. It was a little overwhelming, you know, a lot of agencies contacting you, you know, I took some, took some meetings with some agents, probably four or five different agencies. And what I really liked what I heard from John Moscatello, he's with Wasserman agency. Um, and he's been my agent ever since. And everyone had great things to say, but it, it was, it was nice that I had that reassurance. He's, he's done a great job for me, but it's just like, it was very clear cut. Like the things he was saying, the things that, you know, he was, he was talking about just, he was very confident in himself and he's done a really good job. Becky butcher, uh, his assistant who, who books all my travel, hotel, um, all this stuff, like stuff that, you know, I don't really want to be worrying about. Like I want to, yeah. you know, she sends me flight options. I pick one, like hotels already lined up. Like I don't, I, I don't really want to deal with that stuff. Like I want to show up and like, I want to worry about, you know, my golf game, what the course is like that stuff. I already have enough on my plate to where, you know, they do such a good job behind the scenes that people don't really see, but it's just such a help. It's such a boost every week, like knowing everything's like taken care of. And, yeah. um, you know, my brother does a really good job. My brother does my, 
he handles a lot of my financial stuff. You know, it's just, you know, I, if, if I were doing all this stuff, like I, I would just, I just Your wouldn't have would that. Elsewhere. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have that much time to focus on my golf. So to have, you know, the, the, the team that I have in place uh, is very important. You know, like you, uh, I don't know if you're going to talk about secretariat. Like this was, this is my first year not wearing Nike clothing. So, you know, I was with Nike. I mean, going back to even UVA, I wore Nike stuff for four years and then my first four years as a pro. So I was wearing Nike shoes, clothes, hats, everything Nike for eight, almost nine years. And then like all of a sudden it's like, all right, I'm going to be wearing different clothes. Had a really good relationship with Titleist leading up to, you know, this year's my, you know, full product line sponsorship with Titleist. Um, You know, I put some, it started with, you know, putting a couple wedges, led to some irons, you know, led to, you know, my, my agent, John has a really good relationship with the guys at Titleist. They expressed some interests and now, you know, now I'm wearing Titleist stuff and, and it's great. And title, the Titleist team is unbelievable. Um, they're, they're extremely helpful. Um, and so it's just, there's so many people behind the scenes that are just doing things to put these things in place for me. Um, and Secretariat is a new sponsor for me this year, uh, legal consulting firm, the CEO of, of, uh, secretary actually went to UVA. So that's kind of where the, the connection came in there. And I met oh, with good him. Out. Yeah. I met with him last year. Um, and he's a, an avid golf fan. They were looking to get into the golf business and sponsor somebody. So, uh, he was really excited about, you know, obviously me being a UVA grad on tour, um, you know, he was excited about the opportunity to sponsor someone and obviously it worked out well you know, it's, it's hopefully a partnership that'll, that'll last a while. We'll, we'll see, but that, that's just the kind of stuff that, you know, there's so many connections in this world. And, you know, obviously just, just me going to UVA, you know, being opens a UVA doors. grad just opens up so many doors and it's just, it's just cool that a place like UVA can do that. It's just like, there's so many people in the business world now that, you know, CEOs of companies and, you find out that they go to UVA and like, man, UVA like produce some legit people, <laughs> yeah, legit business people in this world. Yeah. So it's just cool. Like to, to be a part of that. You mentioned like how Wasserman help um, book flights, <laughs> hotels, all that. Is it like that on the web.com or the corn Ferry, or are you it's, kind of, doing yeah, it still is like, own? yeah. So Becky really? was still doing that stuff for me on the web.com, you know, sending me flight options weeks in advance and, you know, booking and like, all right, so I'm going to be playing these three or four tournaments in a row. Um, and, you know, like a month beforehand, she's like, okay, these are flight options from your home base, Florida to first event, you know, first event to second event. These are the, these are the best options. This to this is the best options. So I'm just, so it makes easy for me. I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Those are the flights I'm going to pick. If we can, ch- if we need to change anything, I'll let you know. And and, you know, they're basically on call, you know, I'm, I'm not calling them in the middle of the night or anything, but, <laughs> but they're, they're basically, they're basically there to basically make my life super easy. And that's what they've done. And, you know, I'm able to just to go out and, and play golf. It's the, it's the same service on the web.com as it, as it is on the PGA tour. And that's why, that's why I'm happy with the decision I made to go with Wasserman. They're just, they're, they're very on top of it. They know exactly what they're doing. And, you know, so like running and managing yourself as a business is not more, I mean, is it almost as simple as just like, Hey, just play good golf and we'll figure the rest out. Yeah. Obviously there's a, a lot on me, you know, 
more doors open, the the better golf I play. And, you know, that's, you know, I still, I, I put a ton of work in to try and make those opportunities available to me. I wouldn't say I've underachieved, but I just haven't, I just haven't, you know, gone about this process as rapidly as somebody as like Justin Thomas or Jordan Spieth, you know, who, who are my age, you know, these guys were one, two years in college and on tour and winning tournaments and like, all over commercials and, you know, getting sponsors. Like, obviously I didn't do things that fast, but I feel like I've just gotten, I've been on a continual learning curve where, you know, some of that stuff, you know, I, I could come on a hot streak the next couple of weeks. It might be a year from now where, you know, who, who knows, you know, but you know, yeah. I, I feel like I'm going to get to that, to that point where I find my groove in golf and those other doors will, will just open, you know, because I've worked really hard and I've gotten to that point where I've become, you know, more successful than I have been to this point. One of the things I'm really curious about, uh, is, and I mentioned like to you earlier, like how we leverage in, at least in my world and like tech sales and all that utilizing data and analytics, leveraging it for, you know, knowing your customers and prospects, things like that. But how do you do that in your world? Right. Like people always talk about shots gained or whatever, what are you focused on though? Like, are you, do you have a team doing that or just describe it? Yeah. So we, we started to dive into stats a little more this, this past year. Um, you know, my brother, my brother is all, he's very good with numbers and, you know, I've given him access to my shot length data. So, you know, he's put together spreadsheets and so on and so forth about, you know, where I can get better. And it, it's pretty it's pretty glaring. I mean, obviously like putting is a strength in my game. It's been great. It's been the best stat of mine for three years running now. So just trying to figure out ways to, you know, how can I just be smarter with my iron play? What can, you know, is it worth bombing driver and still being in the rough or is it, is it better to, you know, is it better to be in the rough 320 yards off the tee or do I lay back and, you know, if I hit my three wood 270 and I'm farther back in the fairway, 50 yards behind where I'd be in the rough, is that better than, is that better than where I'd be if I drove it in the rough? And we actually talked a few times with Mark Brody, who uh, invented the strokes game system, um, just trying to get a better understanding of, of thing scenarios that I just explained. Is it better to be, is it better to be up there in the rough or is it better to be farther back in the fairway? Obviously more times than not, it's better to be in the fairway um, unless you drive it like Bryson nowadays who drives it 380, 380 up in the rough and he's flipping a 60 to the, to the pin. Whereas, you know, probably better than me having an eight iron back in the fairway, you know, 172, you know, it's it's just. It's automatically going to be an advantage. Right. And you know, it's interesting. Mark, Mark has worked with some other great players and, you know, he talks about, you know, where, where guys aim from certain distances. And that's something I'm becoming more aware of. Um, maybe being a little more conservative, the farther away I get. So, you know, if I have a nine iron in my hand and a green light, obviously I'm going to be aiming pretty close to the pin, but if I get a seven iron in my hand, 186 iron, whatever, 195, I'm not, more towards more of a conservative shot towards the center of the green, just trying to find ways to get the putter in my hand more. Cause that's obviously my strength. If I can give myself a, 
a few more looks around here and there, that's obviously going to go well for me because the more yeah. I have the putter in my hands putting for birdie, that's, that's going to go well for me because I, uh, I, I can make, I can make those 20 to 30 mid length putts. I can make a couple of those around. I can, I can, I can get, I can get hot. I can feed off that. If I just were to hit the green from 190 and give myself a 30 footer, as opposed to putting some missing the green short sided and putting more stress on myself and, you know, putting eight, eight feet for par, even though I might make that eight, eight footer for par and two putt from 30 feet. It's just, it's a different stress level. It's a different, yeah. it's a different, you know, I have, I have a real opportunity from 25, 30 feet, but you know, if I'm short sided in a bunker, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be scrambling for, you know, that's where that hurts you on the PGA tour. Whereas web.com, you can get away, you know, just course conditions set up. You can get away with more short-sided misses, but on the PGA tour, you might be able to get away with it every now and then. But if you're, if that's something that you're doing consistently, you're going to struggle just because how they, how they set up the courses. Um, it's pretty tough. You know, it's not, it's not easy. The stats probably, they still don't really show it. Like my strokes gained approach is something I've struggled with on tour for the last three years. Um, you know, I could have a good, pretty good ball striking round and it says I lost like half a shot or a full shot strokes gained approach. And that's, you know, I'm an average length hitter. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to need to be hitting it pretty close as a, you know, opposed to those guys that are bombing it down there, like Rory, you know, three thirty and flipping wedge into six feet. And I'm having, you know, a nine iron from, you know, to a back left pin. And, you know, if I hit it to 15 feet, that's a pretty good shot, but I'm probably not really, probably not really gaining anything there. So it, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough stat. Um, I'm getting compared to the best players in the world. Um, and so it's, it's a tough stat to like look at and get down about, especially since I, like, I know that I'm thinking the right way and doing the right things to improve my ball striking. Um, well, what, what, what do you work on for that? You know, you can like a lot of it's like distance, you know, distance control, taking, you know, hitting a nine iron and seeing how far I can hit it as a, you know, can I, can I touch that 160 number there? Can I, you know, I'm going to, I need to hit this shot high with spin to stop it in that area. Can I, can I get my nine iron to fly 157 when I hit it 150 normally? Can I, can I gas it and get some extra spin or am I going to have to just, am I going to choke down on eight iron and hit a little, a little cut where I take, take some off an eight iron, spin it up and hit that 156 or seven number. I, I've done track man combines and like work on yardages on the range, but you don't get that many flat lies on the golf course. Like, so when you stand on the range and hit all these shots in the same wind, it's, it's different than when you have a ball below your feet to a back right pin or back left pin on the course with the wind coming the other way. It's just, that's where, yeah. uh, that's why I like to go out on the course. Even if I'm playing nine holes, I'm hitting, I'm hitting a couple extra tee shots. I'm hitting a couple extra iron shots from that above my ball, above my feet lie, just to get a good feel for it for that day. You know, it's like you only have four iron shots a day, basically off of a flat lie. And it's the four par threes. <laughs> some of them, some of, some of them hybrids or, or five woods, depending on how long the par threes are. But you know, it's crazy to think about all these guys, they do combines and all these things on the range. And it's good to get that confidence of hitting numbers, but 
you're hitting all these balls, say 50 to 100 balls on these flat lies, and you only have four flat lie iron shots on the course all day. Yeah, like everything for you. you can groove it in the same spot. Right. But what does that get you? Right. Exactly. It's like everything when you get on, then you get on the course and everything's, it's totally different. So it's like, it, it's, that's why I like to go out on the course, more hit shots. Um, just yeah. get work on things out there, choke down when the ball's above my feet, you know, hit a little chippy saw cut off a, off of side hill lie or whatever it may be. It's just, I get more out of going on the course, hitting shots, picturing shots out on the course, as opposed to standing on a flat lie on the range. Yeah. I call it when I go to hit balls, it's like therapy and not practice. Cause I'm like, I'm just trying to hit balls and like, you know, have a good time. Cause I can yeah. hopefully hit a pure or something, but I'm not getting anything out of it. I'm just like, you know, there to do it. Yeah. You can gain, I mean, you can stand there and, and hit balls and you can, you can gain confidence from it, but it's like, then you get out on the course and you're like, I didn't hit, I didn't hit any of these shots where the, you know, the ball's below me and the wind's going, you know, the wind was this on the range. Now it's complete. And now it's complete opposite here. And I have a different, I don't have a flat line. Like it's, it's just different, especially when you get in the tournament, you know, tournament conditions, trying to land it on precise numbers. It, it, it's tough. <laughs> and like I yeah. said, I feel like I'm getting better at it, but I'm constantly being compared to the best players in the world. So I got to take it. I got to take it with a grain of salt. How is it to like stay in your own lane? out there and not get swept up in like i mean it's interesting you bring up spieth right he had like the skyrocket i always like saw you as like their peer because i know you like the junior career you had was like on par with him and justin thomas and yeah they get a lot of spotlight so it's interesting to see like him do what he did but how how do you like keep blinders on and just focus on yourself uh i don't have that many people following me anyway so it's pretty easy <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean it's just it's something, I, I don't know. I mean, I played a lot of sports growing up. I mean, I played basketball all the way through high school. I played baseball. I'm just, I'm such a competitor where like, once I get in that game mode, like once I get in that competitive mind frame, like it's, it's pretty easy for me. I, I won't, I wouldn't say it's easy, but I've, I've been able to do a really good job to just focus on what I'm, what I'm trying to do. And, and that's play golf at a very high level. And when you, when you start thinking about other things and looking around in the crowd and, you know, it, it just, it just doesn't really help. It's, it's good that, you know, I get in this mind frame, I can still talk to my caddy about other things in between shots to, you know, take my mind off it briefly, but that's, that's still like, I'm still like in tunnel vision, even though like I'm, I'm talking about, you know, what we did last night to my caddy. It's just, I've just always, I've always been such a competitor. So like, I want to, I want to win that bad where like when I get into the basketball game or if, you know, if I'm, if I'm getting put in a basketball game for an inbounds play to hit a three, like I'm focused on going in and I'm going to like, I'm focused on making that shot. So like, it's the same thing when I get on the golf course, like, you know, I need to make this, I need to make this 20 footer to make the cut and like nothing else matters right now. Like I'm going to make this putt something that I've, I've just always, I always like the challenge. I like, I like being brought to a challenge. You know, I, I like, I like tough. I like, I like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to explain it, but I just like when something is presented to me and it's like, you can't do this. Like almost like a challenge to me. Like somebody saying like, 
I dare you to like hit this shot right here. And like, like, okay, I'll hit, I'll show you how to hit this shot. And like, yeah, exactly. Like it, it's, it's, I enjoy the challenge. I, I think it's, you know, I've played 200 events as a pro and I've won one time. It's just, it's, it's so hard to win out here that I know that if I put my head down and I keep doing what I'm doing, that, that time I win on the PGA tour, whenever it may be, it's going to be extremely rewarding. And, and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to want more. I know I'm going to want more right after it. And, you know, that's what drives me. I've, I've won at every level. It's hard. It's hard to do. Um, I won it locally junior, you know, then nationwide junior AJGA, you know, college golf, amateur golf, one on the web.com tour. And now, now it's time for, for me to win on the PGA tour. And, it's taken a little longer than I've wanted, but it's like, it's a challenge that I've accepted. I know it, I know it's very difficult, but it's something that I know deep down that I'm going to do at some point. And when I do it, it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to want to do more of it. Yeah. You met, it's interesting. You mentioned like all those levels. Cause I've always looked at you and like Peter Uline as like two people. I think that you've been like number one at every level and like, it's only a matter of time before it happens. Like you, like you mentioned, and speaking of junior golf, I'm curious. You have an AJJ event, right? Uh, a, or a junior event? Yeah, a Maryland Maryland State Mid Atlantic Golf Association Maryland State Golf Association uh, junior event. The the Denny McCarthy Invitational got a got a, <laughs> got a, got a pretty. I'll have to find a. Uh, I don't have a picture of my logo right now, but I got a, a pretty pretty sweet you have logo. A logo. Yeah, for the for the tournament, it's actually on my bag too. Um, but it's a pretty, pretty oh sweet, God. pretty sweet little logo. Um, and yeah, this is the, we've had it two years now, this, this third year where, you know, the date might be postponed obviously with everything that's going on, but the best junior players, high school players in like the DC, Virginia, Maryland area, um, at my home club that I grew up at Argyle country club, the great event there's boys and, and girls division, um, the first year I actually like set up, I set up the pins for the tournament and I went out with uh, like the director of the, of the MSGA or, and I went out and I was like, basically the second day I went out and like, I wanted to, I wanted it to play tough, you know? And I was just like going out and like, I want to put the pin here on this. So I want to put the pin here on this. one. I was like, putting the hardest pins on like every, <laughs> he was like, he was like, ah, yeah, let's, the guy was like, oh, we, we put a hard one on the last. So let, how about we just make this one maybe a little easier. I'm like, <laughs> but then like next hole, I'm like, yeah, we're going to put it back here on this little shelf. And like, I was just like, I got pretty into it. Um, just because I've never <laughs> done anything like that before, but, uh, it, it's exciting. We're going to have uh, starting this next year, we're going to have a scholarship for, uh, scholarship for boy for a boy and a girl each um hopefully it can maybe develop into uh, maybe a few more scholarships each year but my a- agency wasserman and uh, my uh my fam my my brother my dad and my mom's dad's business uh have put up some money for for some scholarships which is obviously great um uh, i'm just really excited to where this where this tournament's gonna go how did that come about that's super compelling the the scholarship, the scholarship or the yeah yeah just I don't know, it's just something I wanted to do um you know the the Maryland State Golf Association approached me about it and you know talking with my family and my agency we, we felt like it was a, a a great idea to you know give give kids a scholarship um you know whether it's you know whether it's towards going towards a college or you know going to their high school education or 
whatever it may be. Um, we thought it would be a really, really cool idea just to, you know, take the tournament to a, a, another level next step. And hopefully we can, you know, be able to dish out some more scholarships and, you know, down the road and we'll see where, we'll see where it can go. It's still, the tournament's still very young, still early in its development, but um, I'm excited to see where, where it could take off to. That's awesome. I think that's, like the compelling, um, intriguing side of all of this that's like never mentioned because everyone has foundations or whatever, but is that's got to be more fulfilling than any other stuff that you, you do on the course, right? Like seeing kind of the impact or maybe it's not, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've, I mean, I, I wasn't able to be at the tournament last year, but the first year, you know, being able to be there, present the trophies to the winners, boys and girls division. I gave a speech at a dinner, the night of the first round before the second round and just to be able to give back, share my experiences, open up to questions and just, you know, you know, me, like, like anyone that asks me a question, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be pretty honest and just like, I want to give them an answer that's like helpful to them. And, and so to be able to go, you know, give them the awards and, and speak at this dinner and, you know, and just like see their faces, like looking up at me, like they want to, they want to be where I am someday. And, you know, for me to realize that is, was, was pretty special and pretty cool. Honestly, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize I had such a big fan club from, from kids that, you know, eighth graders and high schoolers, you know, playing golf. I didn't realize I was, you know, so important to them and, and to be looked at that way is, was really cool. And so, to be able to give what I can back to them is, is, is really neat. And I, I try and schedule the event to where I can go back and, you know, it's my home club. So go back and see everyone, but also, you know, see the kids and, you know, just show my face at, at the tournament, I think is, you know, the, the kids get a, a, they love it. So if hopefully going forward, you know, it's something I can be at every year and present awards and, you know, talk to them and open it up to, questions for anyone who needs them so starts with the junior tournament I mean I'd like to start a foundation someday I think that would be really cool I'm obviously still very early in my in my career and you know slowly moving to where I want to be but that's something that down the road I definitely would like to do um you know you see guys you see guys that are you know out here on tour that you know all of them a lot of guys do have foundations that probably probably don't even know about and like you know i i think it's i think it's awesome it's something where like that i want to do one day oh i guess we can go into like a i hate to say closing remarks but like a um what else would you say what like what would you get off your chest you never get a chance to say because according mm. to you no one follows you you never get interviewed <laughs> yeah i mean unfortunately lately i've yeah, I've been in the press for reasons outside of my golf. Once once it's like game time, like when I get in like game mode, even when I like play ping pong, like I'm I'm like so zoned in, locked in, like I wanna beat your ass. Like I, I like especially <laughs> if, especially if somebody does something to like cheer or like rub it in my face, like it just I just have that ticker in me that like makes me want to win that much more. And like I I hate losing and that's you know, I, I grew up a pretty bad, sore loser. And uh, I mean, nobody likes losing. I've become better at accepting things, whether it's like, whether it's missing the cut, like 
you know, this past week I had to birdie the last hole to make the cut. And, you know, I, I hit an eight iron that was a couple feet away from turning out really good. But if you look at it on, on shot link, it like I hit it in the back bunker, but like, it was really like, it's, it literally, if it, if it falls a yard or two left, like the wind was down off the right balls above my feet and like thinking this eight iron is going to turn over with my lie. And it's just like, I hit it exactly how I wanted to back edge of the bunker and all of a sudden it like goes up and like fall like it's in the air and i'm like i'm talking to my caddy i'm like oh no it's falling right why isn't it falling left it's falling right and like all of a sudden it takes like one hop and goes in the back bunker you know i got in that moment i knew i needed to make birdie any other time i'm probably hitting three wood off the tee i busted driver 320 right down the middle and i'm like in my mind i'm like i'm making birdie i'm making birdie i know i'm gonna make birdie here and then and i've and I've done it so many times before to make the cut where like, I know I'm on the cut line. I know I need to make birdie. I make birdie. I make a 15 footer for birdie. I make a 25 footer for birdie on the last hole where like, I know I need to make it. And like, I was, I was pretty upset when it didn't happen last week, but at the same time I look back, I'm like, I hit the the shots I wanted to, and I've done this. I know that I'm, I've been in this position before and it's gone my way where I have made Briam in this situation. and I know I can do it. So like I was discouraged for a couple minutes and then I'm like, I've got nothing to be, I've got nothing to be discouraged. But I hit the two shots I wanted to hit. I've, I know that, you know, if that ball falls left and finds the green that I can probably, that I'm probably going to make birdie, but you know, this isn't like, this isn't like a failure. Like I still hit the shots. I still executed the shots and my mind was in the right place. Like, yeah, yeah. It was an intense moment where, you know, cause coming down the stretch to make a cut, knowing you need to make birdie on the last is it's, it's a similar feeling to coming down the stretch, trying to win a golf tournament. It's, it's, it's very similar. Arguably sometimes if you're in that situation, guys think it's harder to, you know, when you're in the cuts, you know, missing the cut situation harder than coming down the stretch to win a golf tournament. It's very similar. I've tried to like, look at things, something that's a negative and, and turn it into a positive and and spin it into a positive right away. And that's something I growing up and, you know, even amateur golf and even as a pro, like I have a hard time. Like I look at like, man, I didn't do it. And like, that's, that's like the, like I, I failed, but like, no, like you're going to, you're going to fail more times than not in this sport. Like it's just, it's such a hard game where you need to take a step back and like, man, I still did some really good things down the stretch to even put myself in that spot. You know, like I, I, I know I needed to put my head down and get to a position where I, I needed to make that putt on the last hole. And I, and like, I did that. And even though sometimes it might not happen, it's just like, man, I still did so many good things throughout the round. Like I love the way I played today. I love the way I was thinking. And that's exactly how this, this round was. And um, I love the fact that like an hour afterwards, I was like still really pleased with how I played, even though I only shot one under and missed the cut. Like I've, I really liked how my mind was thinking and how positive I was on the course. Even if something didn't go my way on one hole, like, you know, like I was ready on the next tee to like, just get after it and birdie the next hole, like, you know, get it right back. And that's something where, you know, obviously all these golf psychologists and everyone, you know, next shot, next shot, whatever, you know, put the pass behind you, but something that's really hard to do and something that I think I've gotten a lot better at. And, you know, it's going to serve me. It's going to serve me really well down the road. I know that. Yeah. You need to be your own biggest fan first. Right. Exactly. A lot of, a lot of positive talk. And like I said, like 
turning, it doesn't even need to be on the golf course, anything in life, obviously, like if something's, if something's not going your way, or if you're looking at something negative, like just find a way to turn it into a positive. Gonna make yeah. your day a lot better, probably. <laughs> Danny, this has been awesome. I can't thank you for the enough for the time. I know like you're in the middle of tournaments in Dublin. I, uh, and keep watching from afar. I like I, the reason I knew the shot you hit over the bunker that you missed the cut. I was like following it hole by hole. Like you said, like I, I literally do follow it. Like, Oh, is he going to make the cut? What's he doing? I follow it every single round. So we're watching here. We love you. We hope you do well, uh, especially this week, man, make a splash in your first week there. Yes. I'm going to dive yeah. right in. I'm going to dive right into I'm sure everyone out there who's going to listen to this has seen game of Thrones. I'm sure you've seen game of Thrones. I've never yeah. You've never seen Game of Thrones? Oh, you're no. kidding me. Oh, you're I'm like you're in like that boat. You're so you're somebody that I would think has definitely seen Game of Thrones. I've never seen what? it either. And I'm like towards the end of season one right now. I just started it. I watched Billions, which is a great show. I watched that. I crushed yeah. it during quarantine. It's a great show. And then everyone, like even my sisters, are like, How have you never seen Game of Thrones? Like you're like you're crazy. Like all my friends are like like what dude like how have you not seen so like i've gotten all this peer pressure and like i just feel like i need to catch up with everyone so i finally started game of thrones the other day Corey, thanks for having me on this was fun fun talk if you want to do it again sometime just let me know i'll I'll hop on another time and, and and chat it up play well this week man thanks bro appreciate it and there you have it a great player with a great mindset striving to do great things denny thank you again that was a ton of fun And thank you listeners for tuning in. I hope you heard something insightful, whether it's that Game of Thrones is worth watching now or how the best putter in the world approaches that part of his game. If you want to follow Denny on social media, his Twitter is underscore Denny McCarthy and his Instagram is McCarthy underscore Denny. Keep your eye on Denny. I truly believe he will emerge as one of the better players on tour in the next few years. On our second episode, you'll hear from Lou Stagner, a director of analytics at a multi-billion dollar privately held company in Philadelphia. He's also the golf stat pro who has amassed over 10,000 Twitter followers in under two years and helps professional and amateur golfers optimize their strategy with stats and analytics. His findings have been featured in all of the major golf publications. We talk about what he set out to create with his Twitter account, how he's built a brand around objective data insights and the unforeseen opportunities that have come out of it all. I'll see you on August 10th. Take care.